0: Will Durant said, Barbarism is always around, amid, and beneath civilization, ready to engulf it. Barbarism is like the jungle. It never admits defeat. It waits patiently for centuries to recover the territory it's lost. For centuries... We not only survived in Arab lands, we thrived. We didn't live in isolation or in ghettos. We were integrated into society, in government, in commerce, in civic programs, in all of its aspects. Iraq, particularly, was one of the richest and most fertile areas in the world for Jewish growth, scholarship, and creativity. During a period of 2,000 years. 2,000 years might seem like a long time to look back, to reach back for. On a night like tonight, we are where we're commemorating something very close in time, But for the Jewish people, a millennium is yesterday. And Iraq has perhaps the most illustrious history of our people. The Talmud, the very heart of Jewish knowledge, wisdom, dialogue. Argument, creativity, innovation, studied by every, studied daily by Jews all around the world till this day, was authored in Babylon, in modern day Iraq. To this day, the names for our Hebrew months are taken from the secular names that were mentioned and used in Babylon. 2,000 years ago. Everywhere that we have ever lived, the cultures, the language, the thought, it is still alive in the national psyche of the Jewish people. In Baghdad, in Iraq, in Babylonia, there were yeshivot that stood. Houses of study in the ancient cities of Surah, Pumbedita, Nehardea. These houses of study stood for 600 years. Consider the time to give you a perspective. Eat in college close to that amount of time. Cambridge University, a little bit more. Oxford, a little bit more. But remember, those are houses of learning, native to their own country, established by the crown. I'm saying to you that houses of study, Jewish houses of study in their host countries stood in Babylonia for 600 years. But we we really don't need to reach that far back to talk about the glory and grandeur that was Jewish life in that country. We don't really have to go back far at all within the last century. And I'm a rabbi, so I will speak tonight and now about the Jewish scholarship, which is just one aspect of Jewish life in that country, great luminaries, some of the greatest in the Jewish world, like Hacham Sadka Hussein. You know Hacham Sadka Hussein? I'll tell you about him. There was a cholera virus that killed more than half of the population. Among them, the Hachamim of Baghdad. And so they sent the Jews of Baghdad sent word to the only other major center of Torah study in the Arab world, Halab, where my ancestors, my parents, are from. And they asked for a hacham. They needed a hacham, and they said, "We will send Hacham Sadka Hussein." Hacham Sadka, hearing this and accepting. The position said, I will need a year before I move. Because the Jews of Baghdad, the average man and woman in the street, are wise and they know Torah in their heart. I need to review the entire corpus of the code of Jewish law before I move. What we call the Arbach al-Keshruhan aruch. I need to review it before I move. Those are the Jews of Baghdad. Hacham Abdullah Somech. Hacham Elisha Dangur, Hakam Izra Dangur, And of course, Hacham Yosef Hayim, who we all know as the Benish Hai. Illuminated the world with their scholarship, guidance, wisdom, and leadership. Their great-grandchildren their great nephews and nieces sit amongst us here tonight of every single one of the hachamim I just mentioned. They're here in England. They're here because after generations of prolific presence, something changed in Baghdad, in Iraq. Their home turned on them, as did the other Jewish communities of the Arab world. Something changed in the East because the winds of the West were blowing consistently in that direction, and they brought with them the viruses. And those viruses were now hitting the Orient in full force. Things that began in the West more than two centuries earlier, which hit a height in the 19th century, in Germany. In Germany, it wasn't just that the Jews were worshipping the wrong God and the wrong religion. It was now that the Jews were the wrong nation. They were a foreign nation in Germany. And they were threatening. People like Wilhelm Marr, in mid-19th century published an anti-Semitic pamphlet entitled, listen to this, The Victory of Judaism over Germandom. Not Christendom, Germandom. In which he reminded the German population that the Jews are a rival nation. He said, and I quote, The historical fact that Israel became the leading social-political superpower in the 19th century lies before us. It is already notorious to what extent we lack the physical and intellectual strength to de-Judaize ourselves. Why are we so surprised? We have among us a flexible, tenacious, intelligent foreign tribe that knows how to bring abstract reality into play in many different ways. Not individual Jews, but Jewish spirit, Jewish consciousness, have overpowered the world. That was Germany in the 1800s. The trajectory of those words developed into the most brutal and heinous genocide the world has ever seen. In the aftermath... The nation of Israel was founded, the people returned home to their ancient land, and that return awakened in the East the fear that fueled the virus of anti-Semitism. Its lethal darkness now stretched over the Jewish citizens of the Arab world. Words that eerily echoed the one spoken only 100 years before Tore through the radio waves of Baghdad This time it was the voice of Salah Omar al-Ali A high party official He said The Iraq of today shall no longer tolerate any traitor or spy You orphan Israel You Zionists Hear me we will discover all of your dirty tricks. We will punish your agents. We will hang your spies, even if there are a thousand of you. This time, there was a Prime Minister of Israel. And the Prime Minister of Israel, Golda Meir, beseeched the world to press Iraq to release the prisoners and to allow safe exit to 1,500 Jews who sought Asylum. Israel's foreign minister, Abba Iban, wrote to the Secretary General of the United Nations, Yuthant, to help the Jews of Iraq who were facing torture and death. It was a plea that essentially fell on deaf ears. The murders began. Tonight, tonight, Morayvara Botei, my brothers and sisters. Tonight, we sit here in the oldest continuously used synagogue in the world. Pause for a minute. Be here now. Recognize this space and this moment, this place. This, this synagogue, 360 years ago, the synagogue itself, 300, but for the people that had come here 360 years ago, the Spanish and Portuguese Jews who arrived here on safe shores seeking a future for them and for their children and for their descendants, built this synagogue as a sign of hope As a sign of faith in God for their future. Until this day, this synagogue, a most fitting place for this service, stands as a haven and a platform for the future as it did three and a half centuries ago. My friends, A memorial is not simply to remember and mourn those that we've lost. We remember so that we can invigorate our own hearts. We should walk away from this taller, not slouching, stronger, not sad. And we should look to the future. And we should look to our children and to where it is that we're going as a people. It's not only about those that were tragically lost. Today, it's as Moshe Rabenu, As Moses said to the children of Israel as they stood at the threshold of the promised land. It is about us. Anahnu. Elefo All of us here. Kulanu haim. All of us living Today. That is why we come here tonight. That is why we remember. If this were a regular month and not a leap year tonight, we would be reading the Megillah in this place. Today is Purim Katan. Tomorrow Shushan Purim. And according to Jewish law, eulogies are not allowed today. Nor tomorrow. And so I ask you all, Draw from this strength. Pride. Lift your hearts. If you're brave enough, let God lift your heart. As I say often, and I will say here again, we should not be here. We shouldn't be here. And yet, We are. And the synagogue is here. And it has watched steady worship, devotion, faith, trust, strength, dedication for over three centuries. Let it lift you. Let it strengthen you. Remember, we always come through. There are casualties, and there are terrible losses. But we come through. Remember that we have seen miracles. We have seen miracles. Not our parents, not our grandparents, not our great-grandparents. You and I have with our own eyes seen miracles come true in our lifetime. We have seen the words of our prophets. A'lehem ashalom come to full fruition in our lives. Do not deny what your eyes see. As President Reagan once said, don't be afraid to see what you see. Let our hearts be filled with courage and hope. And may we go grow and prosper. Am Israel Hai. 阿嬷